You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted. By Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a special edition of Shout, a Buffalo football podcast brought to you, as always, by Tops Markets. Right now, you can enter to win a million dollars. Each week, Kings Hawaiian is pitting two cities, sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown, and you get to help decide the winner. But weekly for your favorite regional slider, for your chance to win all season, topsmarkets.com slash red zone to enter special guest today, Ariel Hawani, Kiowani, if you will. I, I feel like. I haven't gotten a real heel vibe off of you lately. I think you got to drop a, a crazy promo or something. Oh my! Well, you you uh, probably missed yesterday. A lot of wrestling Ooh. fans are mad at me. They 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 felt the wrath of Heelwani. We don't need to get into all of that nonsense. But uh, look, <laughs> I, I don't live a Heelwani lifestyle. But if you uh, you know if you come at the king, you best not miss. And so sometimes he it. comes out. What can I say? But- well, the Bills will be uh, going at the king this weekend. Obviously, get, traveling back to Arrowhead. Eh, you know, they, they got a good transition it's, it's, by a great broadcaster. But he ain't no king. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you, I didn't see him in the Super Bowl last year. He ain't no king. You know what we were missing? I think Adam Shine did a great job with uh, Nick Wright recently on a podcast. But I think we need to see a little Ariel V. Nick Wright. That could be a, could be a fun one. Ass. Adam Shine is the man, <laughs> but he he doesn't represent Bill's Mafia. I mean, he, I know he's, an, he's a Josh guy. He's a Syracuse guy. I get it. But is he, he's not like a, a lifelong Bills fan, right? No, no. I think he's just coming aboard the train with the Josh Allen. That's fine. I mean, look, yeah. we got a, we got a lot of room on this bandwagon. I, I felt it myself. Everyone's very uh, welcoming. Everyone's very accommodating. Uh, I think sometimes Bills Mafia gets a bad rap, but this is a, this is a revenge game. I uh, I feel it. We owe them something, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do on Sunday. We we owe them something very special, and I feel like this is the moment where. The Bills will plant their flag. By the way, had a great performance against the Chiefs uh, last regular season. That felt like a moment, too. Obviously, the season didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, but uh, times are different now, as we saw on Sunday. Times are very different. Remember what the Steelers did to the Bills last season? Times are very different this year. Thank you so much for taking some time uh, to do a little uh, podcast here to talk about your experience in Western New York uh, last Sunday. We're going to get into that. For those of you that don't know, you know, I met Ariel Hawani during my time with the UFC, somebody I've always uh, looked up to quite a bit. I think you do a great job uh, in, in your space and in, in, in the media world. And it's been a really cool thing since coming back to cover the bills, getting a chance to kind of, you know, talk to you a little bit more, build a little bit more of a relationship now it's kind of been cool to watch your your dreams come true, really, yeah. in a way with this Bills team that um, when I came back to the team, I always tell people the story in 
uh, 17, I was sitting there in a, in a sports book in Vegas watching them uh, break the playoff drought, right? I was with Adam Hill, actually, former uh, Bills fan, which that's a whole other uh, story. We don't, we don't have to get into what that a disaster. Right uh, but once you start covering the team, as you know, I mean, you can't really have the iron in the fire. And so it's been cool to watch your experience. I saw you on the sideline before the game. Uh, this was your first Bills game. What was the experience like? Oh my God, so many emotions. What a trip. And uh, yeah, you're right. You know, I try to be as uh, fair and unbiased and, and and balanced as possible in my regular life. So to be able to be an Uber fan with, uh, you know, all the biases in the world and uh, be crazy and say crazy things is a lot of fun. I, I, I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of fun to just be an Uber fan and to just let my hair down, so to speak. So yes, uh, I have been talking about going to a game for a very long time. I've been a fan since uh, Super Bowl, Giants, Bills, 1991. That's when I first fell in love with the team. We spoke a bit about my, you know, my history with the team. And, you know, I'm, I'm never, I'm never the kind of guy, like, I don't take a lot of road trips. I don't, I act, I, I like to watch games at home. I'm, I'm, I'm always that sort of guy. Sporting events, I'm not a big sports bar guy. Uh, like, when my favorite teams are playing, I don't go to a sports bar to watch. I like to be by myself. That's just the kind of fan that I am. However, uh, obviously the bills are doing great th- you know, this year, last year, last couple of years. And, uh, I turned 40 in July and my wife, uh, asked me what I wanted to do. Uh, what kind of party, what kind of thing we want a trip, uh, who do we want to invite? And I said to her, I, you know what? I want to go to a Bills game. I want to go to a bill's home game. Um, and when they released the schedule, I noticed that on October 10th, it would have worked out perfectly holiday, on the Monday, usually I can't go to, you know, I never travel somewhere because I do a show on Monday. I've been doing it for 13 years. So, you know, it just never worked out, but this worked out perfectly. My kids were off Canadian Thanksgiving. It just seemed like a great time. And I've been lucky enough. So I, I will say like we were talking about Hiawani a little bit. I felt for the longest time, like the bills were sort of ignoring me. I would tweet about them. I would tag them. I would go on McAfee show and talk about them and I can never get any kind of acknowledgement. Kevin Clark, the great Kevin Clark of the Ringer, uh, mm-hmm. had me on his show, Slow News Day, and we I mentioned this that I felt like I wasn't getting the love. At least I, you know, I don't I don't want a bouquet of flowers. I just want to like a hello. Can I get a like? Can I get a retweet? Something. And then they saw that, I guess. And ever since then, I mean, the Bills organization, they're my best friends. And in particular, one person, Kelsey Sweet, who works in the uh, social media department. She, I mean, she is the best. The I, she is unbelievable. A salt of the earth unbelievable human being. And she said, we are going to make this happen. We are going to get you out to a game. And I needed that nudge. And so she said, uh, October 10th, you want in? I said, yes. In fact, they they asked me, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, but she called me. Uh, I was at my kid's soccer game in April. And she asked me if I wanted to announce their second pick, which ended up being Cook at the draft. Ooh, and it was in Vegas. Right. And there was some great symbolism of me going back to Vegas and announcing on ABC, my former home ESPN. And I tried to make it happen. But unfortunately, it was the night before a big fight. And my son's birthday was the next day. And I just couldn't make it happen. And I believe the draft this year is in Kansas City. And I told them, look, you know, you you don't owe me anything. But if you need me in Kansas City, I'll be there. So that was amazing. And I felt like, you know, I felt like crap having to turn that down. But I appreciate it. So then we made October 10th happen. And uh, it was incredible. They, so, so it was such a really, I mean, it was so special because I have grown up my whole life surrounded by non-Bills fans. I had one friend in mm. school that was a Bills fan with me. His name was Phil Dirksen. We, we bonded over the Bills, but my brothers were Cowboys fans. My uncles were Niners fans. You know, 
90s, 80s kids, people grew up, like everyone loved those teams. And it wasn't really cool after the first two losses in the Super Bowl to be a Bills fan anymore, right? Everyone was kind of lamenting the fact that they kept going back. But I stuck to it because I really want to see these guys get over the hump. And so for the first time in my life, here I am, you know, in Buffalo at the hotel Sunday morning, everyone's wearing Bill's gears. Now, Bill's gear. Mm. Now, I've been to road games before, but this felt different. Like, I felt like I was home finally. And then we get in the car and we go early and I'm driving through Orchard Park and it's like, it's Bill's heaven. I mean, people have told me about it, but everyone's out on the lawns, partying, eating, drinking, having a great time. The vibe is so good. I mean, I felt some, it was like almost like this out-of-body experience. I truly felt like I was among my people. And you park the car and you see the stadium. I've been watching games since it was Rich Stadium and all the the, the, the huge moments there. And it was very emotional for me. It was very emotional to walk through. I, I felt like the scene from Rudy uh, where the dad walks in and says, this is the greatest sight these eyes have ever seen. And then Kelsey was kind enough to give us field passes. That's where I saw you. And uh, the great Tim Graham, I was like, wow, Tim Graham's there standing right next to me. This is amazing. Uh, the <laughs> lightning rod himself. Wow. And uh, so I was just like a kid in a candy store. I loved everything about it. A member of the equipment team gave us some gloves. Uh, Steve Tasker came to say hello. Eric Wood came to say hello. Uh, we had great seats. And then it was a fantastic game. And I got to sing the shout song a million times. And I got to show my kids what it was, uh, you know, what was such a special uh, game and, 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 and occasion and everything. And I feel like in their eyes, I could just see it, you know, like I could see it turning. I could see them getting the bug. Just I knew once they would experience it, they would finally be all in. That night, they wanted to play for 90 minutes outside the hotel and, and, and pretend that they're Josh Allen and, and Stefan Diggs. And it was just great. I was like, yes, it worked. They're not going to be Giants fans. They're not going to be Jets fans. They're not going to be Cowboys fans. They're going to be freaking Buffalo Bills fans. So it was amazing. I could, I could literally talk about this for an hour. I don't want to go too long. But uh, yeah, it was really special. And I'm very, very thankful. And I, I can't wait to go back. I feel like I let you down a little bit because I saw, I saw that you were bringing the kids to the game. And I should have sent you a little note. I don't know what you did before the game, but the tailgate scene can be a little bit rowdy for mm -hmm. the young tykes. So take us through that. Yeah. What was your pregame experience? Like, what were you able to do? Because uh, depending on where you went, you could probably take the kids around to some of it. <laughs> so, yes, uh, we got there at around 1045. The on-field experience, which to me was once in a lifetime, started oh, yeah. at 11. And so I really wanted to get there on time to because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if freaking Josh Allen is going to come up and uh, shake our hands. You know, Diggs is throwing the, the football around to everyone. And I just wanted to experience that. So truth be told, I, I, I don't drink or anything like that. And I'm, right. I'm not a big eater and all that. So I showed them around, but then I wanted to get there for 11. And so... Most of the pregame stuff, if you will, was on the field standing right next to you uh, because I felt like, hey, we could go to another game and, and do the tailgate thing and go crazy. But when are we going to get field passes again? So I, I wanted to maximize all the time. So I hope this doesn't disappoint anyone, but there was no jumping through tables or, you know, anything <laughs> crazy like that. I wasn't... Uh, eating a pizza out of a file cabinet or, you know, uh, squirting ketchup all over myself, N nothing like that. But it was incredible to just kind of like walk through it. And then we went inside because I wanted to experience the on-field stuff. No, you did it the right way. I mean, having that experience is something that uh, I think any Bills fan would, would choose to kind of experience as opposed to what you could probably, you, you got to preview it. I mean, driving through it, it starts a mile away from the stadium. I mean, actually, I've been talking about this with a couple um, of my peers, how crazy 
the drive-in has been this past year for the two home games already. I mean, it took me usually, like I told you before, I'm about 15 minutes away. It took me and I left, I think I got to the stadium. I left my house at like eight and it took me an hour and five minutes to get from my door to my parking spot. So it's just, what happens is I think you got 70,000 that are coming to the game, but then you got probably another 10 to 20,000 people that are just coming down to have a party from seven in the morning till one. So it's, it's quite a scene. It's amazing. And uh, honestly, I felt even when we were in the stadium, you know, the night before I went to a Blue Jays playoff game, we don't need to get into that debacle. But uh, my son (laughs) said to me like, oh, the crowd a little different here than the the Jays baseball game. And yeah, they are a little different. But uh, I didn't feel uncomfortable. I didn't feel like, uh, you know, we were outsiders. I didn't feel like they were hearing bad things. And, you know, I I will be honest, you know, we had very good seats. I was actually sitting in front of uh, Shaq Lawson's family, his mom, his Mm -hmm. wife his daughter. So that was a pretty cool thing to experience, uh, you know, the, the game from their vantage point, but, uh, everyone was just so nice and welcoming. And because I was on one bills live on Friday, a lot of people who I think had no idea who I was or what I do for a living came up to me and were like, welcome to Buffalo. Welcome to the stadium. Welcome. You know, how's your first experience? People were coming. I saw you on one bills live. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I, I, I couldn't believe how it all played out. I think because I watched that, by the way, your One Bills Live hit, you know how YouTube kind of feeds you content based on what you watched. I don't know what it is, but the last three or four days, all I've gotten is Ariel versus Dana White videos in my oh, feed no. on YouTube. Like all of those like compilations. Gosh. And Which I'm just I have like, nothing to I'm, do with. I know. It's crazy. Like it's just, it, it just like kind of gets fed to you. And, and one just kind of autoplayed. And it's just, it is unbelievable to think like how much you've done in such a short time. I got to thinking about that the other day. I mean, your time at Fox, your time at ESPN, the way that you kind of revolutionized the industry, like a lot of what I do now with Ryan. I mean, it's based on watching, you know, your show like 10 years ago, Thank like you. from the, every, every day I would go into the UFC office. I think I've told you this before. And I, and I, and if I missed it or if it was live, however it was, I throw it on. And I just thought that that dynamic of like, instant analysis slash um, interviewing slash just content was something that I really like. So, you know, you're still, you're still plugging away all these years later. Uh, still plugging away. Uh, try as they might. Uh, they, they try to get rid of me, but uh, I'm still here. And uh, yeah, you know, we weren't really allowed to talk back then when you were working for the UFC, but now we can be yeah. friends. We can come out of the closet with our relationship. Um, it's, it's, it's all good. I, I, I'm very happy with the way things are no issues. As long as I talk to the fighters, as long as, you know, there's no issues there and there hasn't been, uh, I'm very thankful. So yeah, it's, it's fun. I, but like I said, it's, uh, you know, when I'm doing that show, I can't really be a fan, right? You can't root for guys. You can't. And so when I do stuff like this and I could just be crazy fan because I am a crazy fan, I take this very, like it affects me. It affects when they lost to the dolphins. I was so bummed and I was in Montreal visiting my family and I kept trying to tell myself like, Hey, you don't get to come home a lot. Don't let the, it ruined my day. It legit ruined my day. We lost to the weather that day. I mean, let's be real. We lost to the weather and that bummed me out. So yes, I care deeply about this and I just want one. I just want to see one. And I don't know if I'll care as much if, you know, they win one and then they go for two, whatever. I just want to know what it feels like once to see my team hoist the trophy. I've never witnessed this. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to ask you one thing about the day job. And it's something that it's been interesting to watch over the last year, maybe two years, like the rise of Jake Paul. And like a lot of people, like when I started this job since 2018, the big questions to me were always Conor McGregor and um, Israel Adesanya to a degree, Brock Lesnar, like all these different fight stories, right? Now when people talk to me, they they want to talk about Jake Paul. And, And I'm still to this point, like, I get it, but I don't get it at the same time. Can you kind of explain for everybody what that movement is that's happening in combat sports and how he's really kind of become the center of it all, like pretty quickly here? It's a wild thing. In fact, I just wrapped up hosting a press conference uh, between a guy you know, Uriah Hall, and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, They're fighting on the next Jake Paul card on October (laughs) 29th. Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. Even when I say it, it doesn't even seem real to me. Like, what? Jake Paul's fighting Anderson Silva? Freaking Anderson Silva, the spider, the the legendary middleweight champion. Um, People are attracted to characters. People are attracted to disruptors. People are attracted to people who come in and they puff their chest out and they talk a big game. And then when they back it up, it's even better, right? Connor did that to a degree. And so here's this young kid who people have seen grow up in front of their eyes. If you're a longtime fan of his, which I wasn't, I wasn't really, you know, I'm, I'm not his demographic, so to speak. But if you watched him, and if you're one of the millions upon millions of people who watched his YouTube channel or his brothers, you've seen this guy grow up from this teenager who was kind of this uh, troublemaker, if you will, putting out crazy content. And my kids watch stuff like that now, not necessarily his, but like the Mr. Beasts of the world. And they're obsessed with it. Mm. And so now he evolves into this fighter who has been able to sort of navigate his own career because he's already successful. He doesn't have to rely upon a promoter to navigate the career for him, he can pick and choose his shots. And so he's done it in a very smart way. He's pretty much for the last two years almost picked a fight with the world of MMA, which is brilliant because the whole community is invested. All the fighters talk about him. The UFC is involved. Dana White involved. He's poking his finger at him, but he's fighting them in boxing and he's focusing 100% in in the sport of boxing and they come over and he's had success. And yes, he is picking and choosing his opponents. He picked Ben Askren because he was the biggest name who was available, coming off surgery, retired, wrestler who can't strike. And then he picked Tyron Woodley and beat him twice. And then he went to go try to fight a boxer, didn't work out. And now he got Anderson Silva. And it's really smart. And by the way, people want to crap on him. No one who's 5-0, and 4-0 is fighting people with the fighting experience of these guys. Anderson mm-hmm. Silva, I don't care... And by the way, <clears throat> excuse me, Anderson Silva's boxing career, he's very impressive. Anderson Silva's boxing career has been very impressive. He beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. He looked incredible in that fight. And uh, it's no gimme that, that Anderson's going to beat him. And it's no gimme that Jake is going to... It's a 50-50 fight. So it's just been really cool to see this guy 
come in there and, uh, you know, disrupt things. Sorry, I'm losing my voice now. <laughs> and it's because he's kind of this crap talker who stirs things up. I want to go back to the game uh, quickly. You picked a good one to come to. Uh, they don't all uh, end up going like that. I mean, the, the week before, it was it, it was a slog a little bit for this offense. Uh, they've been banged up for a couple of weeks. Obviously, we've talked a lot about what happened to them in Miami. But what were your takeaways from watching not only like this offensive display, but what this defense was able to do, you know, to another rookie quarterback? Look, I'd be lying if I said that I was worried going into this game. Rookie quarterback, Steelers aren't what they once were. But as you know very well, sometimes you play down to the competition. And so I was worried that they were going to play down to the competition. Uh, I wasn't overly impressed. I haven't been impressed with their first halves this year. If Like if I could nitpick about something, I feel like we really haven't seen the best from them in the first half. And so I was wondering, you know, how they would look in this first half if they would play down to this inferior team. First two plays happen. I was like, oh, this is this isn't great. And then the third play, and it's like, ah, this is incredible. This is magical. And then they were, you know, they recovered the fumble. I know they missed the field goal. But I just felt like it was really important for them to assert their dominance, especially in that first half. This isn't going to be a game where we play down to any opponent. We're going to plant our flag. We're going to be the 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 alpha males here. First day home game, if you will. Uh, I thought that they were exquisite and what Josh did, especially in that first half, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns and, and the way he, you know, he, he spread the love, so to speak among the, uh, the receivers and uh, the defense was just phenomenal. Just suffocating uh picket, not letting him get anything going, no momentum whatsoever. It was just incredible to watch. And, you know, to me, the big question for this team, obviously the injuries are worrisome. Uh, and and you really hope that they can you know get back on track as far as getting the squad as healthy as possible. And I'm very excited about Tre'Davious White potentially coming back soon. But my biggest concern right now, if I'm being honest, is the run game. I, I really feel like you need a star running back to win a Super Bowl. And they've got this three-headed monster right now, which you know they have their moments. But uh, I'd be lying if I say I feel like it's you know a top-notch you know, running team, so to speak. Um, seeing Cook score his first, first touchdown, especially since I was going to announce that draft pick was pretty damn cool, and I have high hopes for him. I know his uh, his his Bills career didn't start off so great with the fumble, but, you know, maybe he could be the guy. I'm really curious to see if they do anything, if they're able to pick anyone up, or if they're going to go with this three-headed monster. That, to me, is the big question. And so it was nice to see Cook get a touchdown. You know, Moss had a moment here or there. Singletary had a moment here or there. But uh, just to see the whole thing unfold in person, like with my eyes, to see how fast Diggs is, to see how incredible Gabriel Davis is, to just see that, to see Josh run, like that was the coolest part about it. Like I've watched these guys through a TV screen or my phone, whatever, and uh, to just see it, like the the athleticism and and how explosive they are, there's nothing like it. And uh, like I said, I was I was pretty close, so I really got to touch and feel it, and uh, it was just amazing. So yeah, for me, like obviously this game is a big one. Uh, I think that they are much better than the Chiefs. I think they are hungrier than the Chiefs. Uh, it's just really the run game and the injuries right now that are worrisome for me. And also, like I said, first halves have. I, I still feel, and I'd love to get your take on this. I still feel like we haven't seen the best from them. There's still a couple mistakes, and there's not going to be a perfect game. There's going to be interceptions here or there. I still don't feel like Josh is playing at his best. I still don't feel like we have seen the best version of this team. Am I crazy for saying that? Am I asking for too much? 
No, it's something I've been talk- I've been talking about the last couple episodes. I feel like what's happened with Josh over the last couple of years, but more so, I would say the last twelve months, his margin for error has widened substantially. Like he can make five or six like really bad throws in a game. And most of the time, it's not really going to matter. I mean, he throw an interception. He missed Stefan Diggs for a touchdown in that game. And they end up with four touchdowns and the most passing yards he's ever had in a game. And so, yeah, I do think that there's opportunity for them to make this thing work a little bit better. And I, one of the things, it's funny you mentioned the running game because watching back that Raiders game on Monday night against the Chiefs, they ran the ball down the Chiefs' throat. And I think it, at times it kept Chris, Chris Jones off balance. He still had an impact on this game, on that game. He's going to have an impact on this one. I was actually talking to Roger Saffold a little bit about that in his first game. He's, he's had some battles for the last couple of years with the chiefs and he kind of gave some insight into what it's like going up against uh, Chris Jones. And, and it's been a challenge. You go back to the AFC title game, Chris Jones was a problem. And that to me is where, you know, if I'm looking at this game where, where things can kind of go off track for this offense, it's if they're not able to hold up up front. Uh, I think they will be able to run the ball a little bit. I think teams have been able to run the ball against the Chiefs. And I think when they've asked Devin Singletary to run the ball, he's done a pretty good job of it. What are your thoughts on the Christian McCaffrey frenzy the last couple of months? Because we talked about it on our show last night. Uh, Bill Barnwell from ESPN actually put out a story today and suggested a bunch of different trades. He was lukewarm on the McCaffrey trade, but was pretty hot on a potential Saquon Barkley trade. Now, I don't think that the Giants Come are willing... I don't know. I, I I don't know if they're you're getting me all but, excited. But Ariel, think about this. If you're Joe Shane and Brian Dable and things are going so well, four and one, but yeah. you know deep down in your heart that you don't have a playoff caliber team, right? Like things have just gone, they've just fallen. You know, you want to strike while the iron is hot. You're probably never gonna get more for Saquon Barkley than you could right now. And Joe Shane wants to rebuild that thing in the blueprint that Brandon Bean set here in Buffalo. And that's, you know, accumulating draft picks, making some surprising trades. I don't necessarily know if it's coming, but it's not the worst idea in the world. And the problem is going to be like paying him. And that's to me where I, it just doesn't make sure. sense. But I think we both agree. You need someone like that, right? You need someone who the defense is going to worry about. And I don't know if defenses right now, I mean, I, I would argue they're probably most worried about Josh running and uh, right. that's great. But it's not ideal. Uh, if we can get, you know, my favorite player of all time is Thurman Thomas. And when you go back mm. and you watch those games and you see the kind of threat that he was, in addition to the threat that Reed was, Lofton was, Tasker was, BB was, that's a well-balanced offense. Right now, it feels a little imbalanced. It's one of the best wide receiver cores in the uh, in the sport. But I still feel like we've got three sort of okay guys. I love them. I I, I hope that they you know, rise to the occasion. I hope Cook ends up being incredible. I I, I love Motor. I, I think he's great. Moss has had his moments as well. I just feel like you need that all pro. McCaffrey would be nice, a little injury prone, of course, but uh, that would be a nice addition. I would love to have someone like him on the team. I just, I'm really curious to see if they're able to pick someone up. And uh, by the way, Odell, are they going to get Odell? Is this a thing? Do we need Odell? At first, I thought I they mean- didn't. Now with the injuries, I feel like they do. What do you think? I mean, I, I think that they could y- use the Odell that was playing in the playoffs last year. Sure. Yeah. Like why not make him a part of the the situation? But the problem is I think that there is some unknown about what he is going to be when he comes back. All right. If he's ready to start 
practicing in early December, when will he be able to kind of be full go? Maybe you, you expect him to get back to what he was by the end of January, but I, he came off this injury before and it took him a little bit of runway to, to get back to a competitive place. Things didn't go well for him in Cleveland, obviously a different situation with than the Rams, but I think adding talent, I, I, I'm never out on that if I'm Brandon yeah. Bean. So we'll see where that goes. But one thing I want to throw at you real quick about this running back thing, before I ask you one more question, Tell me right now, uh, just not knowing the actual stance, do you think um, Devin Singletary has had one season in his first three with more than 200 carries? Would you say yes or no? No. No. Do you know how many seasons that Thurman Thomas had with over 200 carries in his career? I feel like you're you're trying to get me to say something here. Uh, I will say seven. Close. Nine of his 11 Bill seasons were over 200 carries, and he had... One, two, two seasons with over 300 carries. And so I think that that's the part of this thing that, you know, fans especially fail to realize that I just don't think Devin Singletary or any running back has that kind of opportunity to carry the load. They're going to rely on Josh. Part of his game is him as a runner. And I think, you know, when Devin Singletary has been at his best, he's been really good in this offense and he's had stretches of really strong play. Should they look to add a guy at that spot? I mean, it's a better question for them. I, I think adding talent's never a bad idea, but I don't think that's going to be the difference between winning a Super Bowl and not winning a Super Bowl, if that hmm. puts you at right. ease at all. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I, I tend to <laughs> He's like, still get me Saquon Barkley. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude. oh, God. Are you kidding me? I would flip out if they got Barkley or McCaffrey, to be honest, just to give the offense another look, just to give them another threat. And And by the way, then I think, golly, could you imagine if they got a running back like that? Think about the options that you know a, a Diggs or a Davis would have, just because you you have to worry about those guys as well. I don't know if there's that worry right now, but hopefully I'm proven wrong. Prediction time: Who wins For on this Sunday? Weekend? How does it go? Yeah, winner is obvious. the The question is the score. Uh, I'm going 35-14 for the good guys. Wow! Yeah. All right. What do you think? Do you think? It. Yeah, I will give mine 41-31 Bills. I think they're going to score. I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit. I think Josh is going to be able to run the ball. I think Devin Singletary, I think he had, um, I can't remember if it was the playoff game or the regular season game last year, but I think he had over 80 yards in one of the games last year. I'll have to look that up. But I think they'll be able to run the ball. I think Josh Jacobs kind of laid down the blueprint uh, last week, and I think he he's a little bit different style of runner. Uh, but if they can run the ball, if they get some takeaways, I think this defense is pretty juiced up. I think it'll go... Um, the bill's way. All right. Uh, Ariel Hawani uh, on the shout podcast. This has been awesome. Uh, it's, you know, falling leaves and crisp weather means it's our favorite time of year at tops tailgate season. And you can win the ultimate tailgate accessory from tops just by purchasing brands. You already love now through no- October 29th. Every time you use your tops bonus plus card to purchase participating brands like Pepsi, Campbell, Smithfield, so many more, you're automatically entered for a chance to win a tailgate and go kitchen. Visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone for more details. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. Go Bills. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.